informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome, everybody. I hope you can hear me well in the back area over there. Uh, my name again is Bill DeLisi. I'd like to thank the staff that put together the advertising theater here. It's a really difficult task to do, and I think they did a great job. Um, what we're going to be discussing, you can place that onto the board, is dynamic, dynamic data matching. Um, here's a little overview of our agenda today. First question always is, well, what is DDM? What is dynamic data matching? We'll get into a little bit of that. The history of ad and targeting, where we were, where we're going to, where we are today, maybe. And uh, the data matching process. How do you actually match up data out there with your subscribers? And how do you do it in such a way that it's efficient? Uh, we'll take a look at server architecture that does dynamic data matching. Uh, the pay models, how do you pay for this? And the value proposition for advertisers themselves. Um, there are also regulatory considerations to make. And then I'll go over a little bit about FlySwipe and we'll open the floor up for questions and answers at that point in time. So dynamic data matching, everybody always wants the dictionary method on here. So it's a process by which a subscriber is matched dynamically to historical data to determine attributes and behavior about that subscriber that can be used in targeting relevant advertisement. I think the key words on here are dynamically and also relevant. Um, today, we're not doing too much on the dynamic realm of things. Uh, you're gonna see that data changes a lot. That's one of the attributes of, of data and also the relevancy of the data. I'll point that out a little bit later here. So data, uh, the properties of data is typically this. And this is all gonna be an educational process. The pitch comes really at the end at this point in time. The lifespan is, uh, data has a lifespan. You um, cannot basically buy data that's two, year, two years old and expect to market it to, or uh, for people who are uh, women who are expected mothers. That data has no relevance whatsoever. It's not gonna be any good. It'll last for a period of time, obviously, and then it's no good. Well, there's relevance of data. The relevance of data is the fact that you may have that two-year-old data, later on find out that you wanna market to those people to sell them cribs or sell them uh, baby diapers or whatever it may be. And you can see how it changes over time. So there's, uh, data is actually a live and living kind of aspect of an entity itself. When you're buying data, you have to look at the authoritative source. Where, is it, where does it come from? Uh, also, accuracy is a big problem when it comes to big data itself. Uh, keeping big databases in the realm of, oh, billion or so records in line, uh, very difficult to do. Oops, sorry about that. Um, and then you wanna say, well, where did you get the data from? Online data, offline data are two different uh, animals altogether. Uh, and also the data, was it permission-based data? These are all factors that have to be considered. So buying data, putting it online is not as simple as typically think people normally think. Did that data just fall off the truck? Is the it, is it data permissible to use on here? These are considerations that if you were to take the data yourself, you would have to manage all these aspects of this. So how do we target before? How are we doing it really on the broadcast method uh, before? We basically targeted based upon content that was defined. Um, a person who went to see a show, we figured this person has certain attributes about them and that's how we would target the advertising. Where they were, where they lived, um, uh, the television markets that they're in, and what time of a day that show had appeared. That's about it. That was the original way of doing targeting itself. Now that's grown. I'm just going to grab a little water here. Sorry about that. But we come from Florida. And it's real dry here. 
uh, on online data now, you have the ability to go ahead and, uh, as, as of course the internet evolved, phones evolved, we have the ability to say, well, I can position a person exactly where they're at by a GPS system built into their phone, doing something called geofencing. Um, you, you're typically buying these kind of attributes when you're buying online data. The source IP, where did a person go online, where did they come from? That IP address tells you something about that individual, where they are. Uh, where the person's going to, visiting websites, you're tracking them, taking a look at that. Uh, uh, as, you're, as you are tracking them, you're placing cookies onto the machine of where they're going to, where they're coming from. And there's the issue of something called super cookies, where right now, in fact, people are injecting permanent cookies online right into the stream or the connection that's being made to anywhere. You can't get rid of them, per se. Persistent IDs, meaning that the browser itself has an ID. And you can tell by that fact, if you ever notice when you Go ahead and you launch Internet Explorer now, and Windows is going to ask you if you want to have your advertising tracking shut off at all. That deals with that. And other areas, surveying data, retargeting and, and, and shopping cart abandonment are two big ones that are coming up right now. If you've ever gone out and purchased a barbecue and you went online and investigated one, you see that barbecue for the next six months again and again and again and again. Um, obviously, they got pretty good at figuring out that you want a barbecue, but they haven't figured out that you bought the thing. So that's all online aspect of things on how we get data and, and uh, plenty of aggregators out there that sell that type of data to you. Offline data. Um, offline data basically are typically transactions that the internet has no idea about. And anybody writing this, we're gonna put some of this out on our website too at flyswipe.com so you'll be able to download it uh, without any problems. So we, typically, any of the databases out there for most aggregators are built on census data. And then we basically broaden it by adding more and more attributes. I keep hitting this button. More and more attributes to, to the data itself. Um, CRM data, we can gather CRM data. We have affiliates and people that we have engagements with to gather data for that area. A real big one, rewards programs and warranty cards. If you go ahead and you, you fill out a warranty card or you go ahead and you go to CVS and be part of a rewards program, you get a discount. In return, we get to know who you are. So that's how that primarily works out, and that's offline data once more. Uh, public records, obviously an easy one to get on here. There's other areas called um, inference modeling here, and I can't get this to work, but inference modeling basically means that if you are in a particular zip code, and I see what your neighbors are doing, where they're going, what they're shopping, the likelihood is, is that you're gonna do the same thing and we can actually apply attributes to you based upon that. Again, offline data, I'm just looking at what somebody's doing, where they're shopping. I'm coming back and saying, well, you live in the house next door, you're probably gonna shop at that diamond ring store next door too, whatever it might be at the time. Uh, subscriptions get into magazines, and of course you can acquire a lot of data based on that, what your interests go along. All this is all offline data, this is how data is basically gathered on here. So. If we go ahead and we say, well, how do we do the targeting itself? And, sorry. You'll notice just one thing to point out. You notice the arrow on here is getting closer and closer to the bullseye. When it starts off with the legacy area on here, what that basically means is probably missed the bullseye. On here, we're getting closer and closer, never approaching it. Why? Because remember the attribute to data, one of them says accuracy, you're never gonna get 100%. In your campaigns or anything that's done, you're always gonna miss the ball by a little bit. And that has to be factored in when you're evaluating data itself. So the typical way of doing this is gather data, we uh, analyze it, we make contracts uh, about the data, we pull what we want, we do counts, 
Uh, we take that data, we finally got the lawyers looking over all the information. We FTP it up to some site, they look at it, somebody in tech support puts it eventually into some location. Eventually it makes its way onto an ad server. And we have, let's say, the online data, the offline data, and the legacy data all together on here. But remember, the attributes, data has a lifespan. A lot of times by the time you get that data up there, you get those contracts all done, it's probably too late for who you're trying to target at that point in time. So wouldn't it be great to be able to go ahead and have somebody else do all that work for you, dynamically update all those records all the time for you, have data all clean, more and more accurate, something you don't have to do, and be at your disposal at any given time, and only pay for that, those items that you want. Well, this is our person that we talk about in terms of when we want to give examples. This is Lisa. Lisa doesn't own any cats, okay? She had a cat. All nine lives are gone. This is sad to ever see a cat commercial. So she sees a cat commercial here about a bed. So Lisa has a dog. Looks more like a wolf, but it, 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 it's a dog. Lisa goes to the pet store, and she goes ahead and she buys, well, what you buy at pet stores, dog food. She uses a reward co rewards card, goes over to the register, gets a printout on the register, and guess what happens? I'm sorry, another water break. I got to have it here. The screen went blank. Hello? <laughs> Did I touch something or no? Okay. There we go. That's not what happens normally. But, uh, um, so they go to the register, ring her up. Now, Lisa obviously has no idea what's going on behind the scenes on here. So what's going on behind the scenes is Lisa's information is being sent over to their CRM in that store. Eventually, what ends up happening is that CRM can almost immediately come back to us along with other pieces of information such as these, these databases here and we can basically aggregate data together to determine a lot of information about Lisa. That data is put on our DDM machines, the dynamic data, data matching system and we, can, we have that ability now to match up what Lisa just purchased with our machines over here. Okay? And again, general terms, it's that ability to do data matching really, really quick. Any changes that occur, anything gets added, all that gets back into that machine. You have an ad server, an ad server then goes ahead and talks to the dynamic data matching system on here. So, I put a big question mark because you don't know what's going on between those two, which I'll get into in a minute. Lisa goes back home after she's purchased the dog food and she's watching her favorite movie at that point in time. And what's happening now? Well. Let's take go through the steps over here. We know that Lisa's watching that movie, which is, and we know we have to inject an ad. So we get an ad request. We get information about Lisa from the broadcast or whatever it might be. It's an encrypted piece of PII data, personal information data. That information gets sent over to our DDM machines over here, again, encrypted. We match up what Lisa's on there. We look for categories of ads. We take that category. We then go ahead and we send it back to the ad server. We said, oh, these things are different pieces of information that Lisa we know about. But what information on there do you have as inventory? So they know, hey, I have a dog, I have a dog food commercial that we want to put on the air. We know that Lisa's a dog owner over here. The ad server now goes to the ad inventory, pulls the ad, stops Lisa's movie, goes ahead, takes the ad uh, for the dog food, places it on the screen, and Lisa's happy again because now she's seeing dog food commercials instead of cat food commercials on here. 
That's the general process, the way dynamic data works. So there's a few things that are involved in here to note. One is this is changing rapidly. The data is constantly being updated. The accuracy of the data is constantly changing. New data is being added dynamically. And you as advertisers or, or networks or such or broadcasters don't really have to do very much on that side of it. We just tell you what Lisa wants at that time. Okay. Um, any of the techie people there who want to take a look a little closer on this? There's some interesting things. One is, is that since advertising can change all the time on here, the ad length may change. This may time shift what happens in programming. It's okay on VOD, uh, maybe not too much on streaming. Um, but no matter, no matter um, what type of distribution system you have, you have that ability to go ahead and, and take that ad, place it out onto all of these different types of devices putting it onto a laptop, putting it onto a phone, whatever it might be. It's irrelevant to the DDM. It does not care about it. It just tells you, here's what you should be targeting Lisa with on this. What's the future going to look like on this? Right now, this is all possible. This is what we're doing. It's all happening now. What's the future going to look like? I believe you're going to start to see more of these DDM type machines out there. A while back, they were called data as a service. Uh, whereby people are just publicly going out and saying, okay, you want to subscribe to our data? We can grab all kinds of data and we can build information and create a compile a profile about, about an individual to advertise to. Um, inference models. A lot of AI techn technology is happening right now. Uh, Watson and IBM is really big on this type of thing where they can automatically determine based upon information out there and say, you know, this is probably a profile that fits this particular person because we see those trends happening. Again, they can go back out and read that kind of data. Um, since this all happens in the cloud itself, we can ramp up servers, remove servers, whatever is necessary immediately with basically a touch of a button. Always a big question, so how do you pay for this? Well, this is based typically the same kind of model, CPM um, in general, but the difference being it's only for the data it's found. So, if we went out and asked for information on Lisa, and there wasn't any information on Lisa, you don't have to pay for that. So it's a per record basis that you're paying for this kind of model. Obviously, on larger systems, you're going to go ahead, and there's going to be a rapid amount of information being pulled on here. But you're only paying for the data you need. Unlike getting it on a batch process, where you pay for everything when it's delivered to you. Quite different. You're not paying for any of the cleaning or any of that. Uh, you'll start to see it start to change in terms of um, the time of day. Maybe rates may change on that or maybe based upon um, particular demand moments at, uh, on data itself. Uh, what's the value proposition on here? Okay, well, now that we're targeting directly only to Lisa, almost on a one-to-one -one advertisement, we can charge more for an ad. In return, I don't have to show Lisa as many ads. So what ends up happening now is that Lisa can now go ahead and look at a movie, not be bombarded with ad cram, a whole bunch of ads that are gonna pay for something. And she's happy, she looks at the content, she's happy. So the OTT provider or whatever it might be. Again, this is all IPTV, IPTV what we're doing it on. Um, but she'll be happy and say, that's great, a lot less commercials, I like the content on here. The advertiser's happy because now they're getting exactly what they want, they're getting that person, Lisa's coming to the store buying that more and more of that dog food. They're getting more revenue, and what in turn that means is that the people selling the advertising can also get more revenue. So this is a whole circular thing. If everything works together on this, and you're getting more and more increased efficiency, this dynamic basis is what's going to trigger the ability to go ahead and expand out more of the advertisement. But actually, 
place less air. It's kind of like contradictory, but that's actually how it works out in mathematics. Content gets improved. Uh, you're able to retain more subscribers. And again, the data gets up to the minute. It gets refreshed on here. That's it. Now, a few things to be aware of. Um, so right now, there's a, a, a couple of bills on, on, the, on the table in Washington, D.C. with regarding FCC and privacy. And it also deals with mostly online data. Again, I said there's a distinction between online data, offline data. Well, that um, online data may turn out to be very difficult to get down the road. So cost of that may end up going up. Uh, you may not get it. I don't know. But, but you always can fall back now to offline data on here. Uh, you can probably Google a lot of this. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to get into this. But basically, there's a lot of info about this happening right now. Um, there's other lawsuits that have occurred based upon tracking. Um, one of them being that the courts actually in Texas actually found that I believe it was a MAC address. A MAC address is actually an identity of a piece of hardware in that person's computer. They consider that to be personal information. That falls under the category that I got to get permission to give it somebody, to somebody. Uh, changes the dynamics again on online. A lot of things to consider on here when you're doing, doing this type of advertising on this. I'm only touching on a few. You can go off and research a lot of this. Uh, I can answer some more questions on here, but this is something to consider. And will it be more offline regulation? Well, the offline industry in terms of gathering data has been bombarded with regulation over the years. So they've sustained it for quite a period of time. Will it be more? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to hold for that. So let me get into Flyswipe itself. Oops, sorry. This is a new button thing for me. I had mine, so let's give you another. Sorry. And. Um, we have about, oh, maybe over 60 to 100 years between the founders of the company here in the advertising and technology world of, of doing this in Flyswipe. We have a database of about 416 million people only in the United States. That attribute comes out to about a billion or so records, that, a billion or so attributes that we can tag in terms of looking up a person. Uh, we can go ahead on our own network and our own side based upon content. We white label our products. We're actually a B2B type of company and we have uh, abilities to do ad sales for ourselves too. Um, if you want to actually see this work in real time, here's what we have at the booth. You walk up to the booth, you walk into uh, an area where you can basically type your name in, your zip code in, and you'll take a, take a little picture of what's going on on the back end. It will go out, try to find you, it'll tell you it found you, if it didn't find you, not all the time do we find it, remember data's not perfect. If it does find you, it's gonna run an ad based upon the attributes that it found you on, so you can actually see it live really working at that time. So we are in the South Hall, which is really a hike from here, and that's why I'm drinking so much water. But we're in the South Hall from here. Um, you also, by the way, you can make an entry. When you do this, you make an entry into the raffle to uh, go ahead and obtain or win, possibly win a 55-inch Samsung 4K TV. Um, but we'll make it also worthwhile and give you a bottle of water when you get there from here. So we have a few more representatives out here from Flyswipe. We'll see someone with the shirts on and two, uh, two, a couple of other people um, who can help you out with any questions you have. For right now, any questions in the audience that I can help you out with? Coming. I assume your uh, databases are uh, combined from several platforms. One can be the web, one can be CRM or other data sources. Yes. My question around this is always around the, um, the ability to match between the users here and there. Yes. You don't always have the Google ID. You don't always have the IP address. 
What is the mechanism to achieve a high accuracy of matching between those different platforms? How well, do you know it's me? Sure. Um, so the, the, the question is is, is, is is basically about the matching process and how can we accurately match an individual, if I'm restating it correctly and shortening it here. Um, <clears throat> depending upon who you have the relationship with to sell the data on here, so if, if, it's, if it's, let's say, an operator, the data of the operator can basically encrypted, match back, pre-match back to our, our side, where we have now a key of that individual. So when that person goes online, that key gets sent to us. So we can exactly match on the basis of, this is prior to doing anything, their first name, their last name, zip code, whatever else we have to now redefine. However, since we have that key now, we're gonna find that person all the time. You already know who your subscribers are because don't you typically have a list. Encrypting that list and doing the match will give the exact person on there. Will I find everybody? No, no, we will. There's a process we have to actually go through to keep updating, but that's a good question. That's how it works. Is it, I have two questions. Sure. Is, it, is it, when you say online fixed, is it, um, I mean, when you say online, is it online fixed or is it both online fixed and mobile? And is it also only first-party data or third-party data or both? Okay, so the object, the idea of fixed is basically this, this process that we do right now to get data. It's a data matching process, it's a batch process. That's what I mean by fixed. You get the data, oh, it's it could, static It at could the time. be fixed, broadband, or mobile. And, and it actually has nothing to do about the carrier at all. This will operate on, remember I showed you that other slide, it can operate in any of those environments at all. Um, it's, it, the, the, the fixed part is really the idea that when we look at how it's being done today, we go ahead and we do matchbacks, and those matchbacks go through a process, eventually it gets down to a place where we load it up onto an ad server, they run on the ad server, but between those periods of time, things change. On our side, everything is dynamically updated automatically and quickly. As it changes, we change it. You see the changes that occur. If you changed your address, we got a mover statement that you changed your address, you'd be in our database at that point in time. No uploads, no more data matching on that backend. If you were using your mobile phone or if you were using uh, your laptop, it doesn't matter. We'd still be given, able to give you those ads. It, oh. First party data or third party? So the data typically we're aggregating from are those are commission-based, obviously, rewards programs. A lot of, that's where we do a lot of offline because typically when you're subscribing to a lot of the um, rewards programs, when you're subs subscribing for warranties, you'll see on there that they're opting into that ability to say, we can utilize that data on there. So first party with respect to them wanting it, um, we actually have a, on, on the demo you can actually see, you can actually add the interest level that you want. That's the person putting in their own interest levels on, on there. First-party data is more accurate. Third-party data gets older. It's more old. It, it is. If, as you establish with providers and aggregators, um, this type of system, whoops, over here, where you can connect dynamically to them, it's not that old at all. As soon as it gets updated there, it gets updated to us. But yes, there would be some lag on there. Anybody Any else? I don't know if I got much time or Any other questions? One more question. You, sir? Yeah, uh, it's related to matching again, uh, which was asked earlier. The I'm sorry? Question, my question is related to matching again, uh -huh. uh, which was asked earlier. Typically, uh, you said you're a B2B company, so what yes. are the kinds of uh, partnerships or your clients that use your data? Do you, do you license the data set that's pre-matched, or do you 
offer a data set that can be overlaid on other data sets by third parties, uh, like your B2B partners. Um, so for example, if there was a data management platform that wanted to license your data, do you sell that to EMPs today? Sure, we, we would establish a relationship with you and, and determine a way to feed particular identities that are on there, if we need those identities. In other words, I can still look you up, first name, last name, zip code, and probably find you in the database, number one. But obviously doing it in a way where we establish what the keys are going to be first. Okay, once we've established that, um, you're paying on a CPM rate. Okay, so therefore we have some open agreement with you that says um, you want to pay X amount per month, or less. If I don't, if you if you absolutely use nothing, you get paid zero. The bill is zero. All right. Okay. So it's, pay, it's pay as you go, and it's yes. based on volume. Um, do you have the ability to then uh, have the client, like someone like us, to tell you that I'm interested in these segments or these uh, first parties, like for example, retail only or auto only or things like that? Is that if you want to if you want to narrow down the category list being provided to you? Or if you want to provide custom categories, based, right? we can so, yeah. we can basically provide that back to you. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we would do it on a client. So in other words, the tags that go back to the ad server uh, could be custom for your needs if you want. We don't. Well, um, in, in terms of what we're doing here, I'm talking just about DDM, which is the data side. Can we do the impression? We can do the whole thing from beginning to end. It's just that this one component can fit into other people who have their own IPTV network, and that's how we can fit into it. Are we here? Any other questions? All right, let's have a hand for Bill from FlySwipe. And you can also uh, learn more about them in South Hall. Yes. And this is also going to be available on podcast on voiceamerica.com. So if you want to receive all the information about all the podcasts happening in the Advanced Advertising Theater, just drop your, um, your card in the jar. And Bill will be around hanging out, and there's some, some of his folks standing around the booth. Yeah, the ladies with the fly swipe shirts on there have some additional information for you if you want to get. You can see them. So let's have a hand for Bill. Great presentation on all the power of data, and we're going to be um, we're going to be jumping back into a great interview with Jeffrey Martin from Spiracam in a moment. We'll be back after this break. Thank you.